breakthroughs to bring our message today. I think you all been noticing I've been a little late every day. We, uh, we're trying to practice being young parents again. <laughs> uh, it, it's the blue eyes and that look that just melts your heart when you have a little baby. And as those of you uh, in here that have little ch children, I think you understand that. And, and, and those of you who have had children know, and it's uh, one of those wonderful things that God has created. And it's interesting also the love that God has for his creation. And we're going to talk about the everlasting gospel and the things that are going to come upon this earth and the the wonderful opportunities that are going to happen. But I want to turn to Second Peter, the third chapter, because I think Second Peter is a good place to start for this message of mine. The second epistle, beloved, I now write to you in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance. Uh, my, my Bible might be just a little different than yours if, if you have a King James Version. Mine is the easy reader. So I got rid of all of these, those, and all of those, and um, a little bit more modern writing and reading, especially for me, since I usually have a tendency to have a problem with my words, that you might be mindful of the words which were spoken before by holy prophets and the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last day scoffers walking after their own lusts, and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this they are willingly or ignorant of, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water in the water, whereby the world that was then was, being overflowed with water, perished. But the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word, are kept in store, reserved to fire against that day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But, beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. And this is the key. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. We have a loving Father, and even though no matter how old we might be, or no matter how young we might be, He loves us. He loves us. And He has a tremendous and wonderful plan set aside for all of mankind. We're blessed here to be able to understand the words that are printed because God has given us the Spirit and has opened our minds to that. But someday in the kingdom, all will come and be taught and will understand because that Spirit will be all over the earth. 
And we're going to talk about that here in just a few minutes. But I wanted to, I wanted to emphasize that God has a plan, and he is working it out. And the holy days, as we have heard, are the perfect example of that plan being worked out on this earth. And that he is not slow, or he's not fast, but he has a perfect plan set out and is working it out. And each and every one of us, as he has called us, have a part in that plan. In Revelation, the I wanted to give a, last night I was blessed to be able to come to the Bible study, Ian's, and uh, he had a really, really good one, seeing God's hand. I think, I think that's an important thing. God wants to show us the end time events ahead of time. Now, there may be a few of these back there. Uh, we won't get that into a little style of Ian's that he has, but I think there's a few copies of this back there. If you'd like it, it'd be well worth the time. But the thing is, the plan is laid out. The plan that God has is laid out in this book. It's already there. And it's interesting in the book of Revelation how it is orchestrated. And we, he was explaining last night the trumpets and how that is orchestrated out. Trumpet one, trumpet two, trumpet three, trumpet four, and all of the events that come come through as those trumpets are blown and the various events that happen on the earth and how they are revealed in the book of Revelation. But I'm not going to go through that today. I want us to talk about the kingdom of God that's coming to this earth. And God still loves his creation. And even though he's going to bring all kinds of tribulation, because that's what's going to happen, we are going through a we're going to go through a, a time of great tribulation. There are going to be prophets, the two witnesses. And even at the end, and near the end, he's going to send an angel out. And so in chapter 14 and verse 6, he says, And I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to them that dwell on the earth, and to every nation and kindred and tongue and people. Even all this is, that's going to come upon the earth, that's going to be brought upon the earth, God will send an angel to bring, preach that everlasting good news, the good news of the kingdom, because the earth is going to be in turmoil, in tremendous turmoil at that time. And so some will hear and repent. And we know that. We can see that in some of the, the things in the book of Revelation. One other one in the book of Revelation, we know that the seventh angel proclaims something very, very important because that's what is going to happen. When all of these come to fruition, there is going to be a change in the whole world. And it's going to be a dynamic change. It's going to be a, a powerful change. And the world is going to reel because the seventh angel sounded and the great voices in heaven saying, and this is verse 15, the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord 
and his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. So when, the, when all of this comes about, there will not be a change in administration. <laughs> there will not be a change in government. Now, we will have nations, but there will not be a change in the ultimate government because Jesus Christ is going to rule on this earth. That proclamation of all nations will be underneath the kingdom of God. In Matthew, the 24th chapter, I hope all of you are well-versed in Matthew 24. We, came, we went through Daniel, and I realized I wasn't as versed in Daniel as I should be, but I will be learning this year a little bit more, maybe. Oh, I, can't, I don't even know where Matthew is anymore. That's getting bad. <laughs> Matthew 24, and just one verse here. Uh, I want to emphasize this one verse. And except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved, but for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. Since my days on earth, and most of us on this planet living our lives, there has been enough nuclear, biological, um, and all kinds of other uh, chemical weapons, ma uh, weapons of mass destruction, to wipe everyone off the face of the earth. Uh, probably more than once, maybe twice, three times. There is that much stored weaponry on the earth. And so, if there was not an intervention, a powerful intervention, man would come to the point through hatred and all of the things that would be forming on this earth to the point in which no flesh would, be, would survive. We would be down to probably roaches that would survive, and that's about it. Mankind would not survive. It was interesting, I don't know if you all saw the, the little note, or little. it was a very quick news article. They had lost power. I'm not sure just exactly. It might have been California, but I'm not sure where it was. They said a man who was on oxygen died in two to five minutes. If the power gets cut off in our society, we will go back to the dark ages in this country. In fact, it will be very disastrous. So I know that these words are real in the day that we live. These are real words, and they mean something powerful. Except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. And so we also read in verse 29 now, Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened, the moon shall not give her light, the stars shall fall from the heavens, and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. And then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn. And sh they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he shall send his angels with a, with a uh, great sound of a trumpet. And they shall gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of the heaven to the other. 
And so consequently, we know that we have that blessing. We have something that we can hold on to. Every time that we read this, no matter whether it's the Feast of Tabernacles or at our own home, when we open the Bible, we read Matthew 24, you can be encouraged that when the things begin to fall apart in the world, and if you're still living, and God protects you, that day comes, Christ is there, you are going to be in his kingdom. You are going to be resurrected, or you're going to be changed in the twinkling of an eye. First Thessalonians, to back that one up, everybody knows these. I'm not going to go to, this time I'm not going to go to First Corinthians, although I do like First Corinthians 15. It's a beautiful chapter, it's a powerful chapter. And understanding and learning the resurrection chapter for all, who young and old, is, is a very valuable thing because there's so much encouragement. For if we believe, verse 14 in First Thessalonians, the the fourth chapter. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and we do, even so them also who slept in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain till the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them into the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. And they are encouraging words no matter what the struggle is in our life, when we turn to these words and we're comforted, as we live our life and we, uh, if, if God go, uh, the, the society and everything goes on for more, more years and we uh, live longer, we grow old and we die, we have confidence. If we're still living and we're Christ, we will be in his kingdom. He promises us. The Father loves us. He gave His Son for us. It is an encouragement that the words that are written in this book are for you and I and for all the world. Jesus Christ is going to come back with power. It is going to be one of the most powerful things. When they see Him as the sun shining, coming from the east, the power of Jesus Christ coming to this earth, shining. People are going to be afraid and scared. In Revelation, the 19th chapter, and beginning in verse 11, And I said, I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True. In righteousness he does judge and make war. He, his eyes were as flame of fire, his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in, white, in fine linen, white and clean. Remember in the scriptures in Revelation were given beautiful, white, clean 
clothes because we're righteous. We're going to be heavenly. And I think we're going to come with Christ. And we're going to be riding on horses. I look forward to that day. I, I've only ridden on a few horses, and I've never been very comfortable. It seems like it's kind of that backside. Never one of them had a very good gait, so I just was always bouncing. But I expect spiritual horses are perfect horses, not physical horses. So I expect it to be a very smooth and wonderful ride. And out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, and with it he should smite the nations, and he rule them with a rod of iron. He treads the winepress of the fierceness of wrath of Almighty God. And he has on his vesture a name, and his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. What a powerful, and it's, in, in my Bible, it's all in caps. King of kings and Lord of lords. If I remember right, that's in the Handel's Messiah. And it's sung over and over again. And it just washes over you as they sing that powerful King of kings and Lord of lords. He said, I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried with a loud voice, saying, To all the fowls that fly in the midst of heaven, come and gather yourselves together to the supper of the great God. This will not be pretty, brethren. This will not be a beautiful thing, because it will be vengeance. When God says, Vengeance is mine. I will repay. Vengeance is mine. And so come, sometimes when we get angry and we know that we can't, Vengeance. We need to understand that God will bring vengeance on those that need to be corrected. And Christ will come back with the rod of iron. And he will correct where he needs to correct. He said to these fowls and to the animals and all, that you may eat the flesh of the kings and the flesh of captains and the flesh of mighty men and the flesh of horses and then to sit on them in the flesh of all men, both free and bond, both small and great. And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and, the, and their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse and against his army. And the beast was taken, and with him the false prophet, and wrought miracles before him with which he deceived them that had re received the mark of the beast and them that worshipped his image. These both were cast alive into the lake of fire burning with brimstone. And since they were physical beings, they burnt up, by the way. And the remnant were slain with the sword of him that sat upon the horse. His sword proceeded out of his mouth, and all the fowls were filled with their flesh. It will be a powerful vengeance, because God's wrath will be poured out upon earth and upon those that are trying to destroy all of humanity because that's where it will go. That's where it will end. The destruction of all humanity if God and Jesus Christ do not intervene in this earth. And we can see in Matt's message the groundwork that's being laid in the world to suppress especially the message of hope that we have in this book. And this book stands against 
most of the world view out there. This book stands against all of those that are perverting the minds and the hearts in the world. In Zechariah, the 14th chapter, when he comes back, he has a powerful place that he stands. And this is, this is so wonderful to understand because on this Feast of Tabernacles, it is preached that it will be kept and the world's nations that are left will be keeping these days. The world wants to keep the worldly things. The world wants to keep the Christmases, the Easter's, and whatever else, and all the other religions have their own days, and, and they, they want to ignore the words of God. But God's word is powerful. It's true. It's sure. And it says it cuts in both ways. It's a two-edged sword. The day of the Lord comes, and your spoil shall be divided in the midst of you. Behold, the day of the Lord comes, and your spoil should be divided in the midst of you. Zechariah 14, verse 1. For I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle, and the city shall be taken, the houses rifled, and the women ravaged, and the half of the city shall go forth into captivity, and the residue of the people shall be cut off from the city. Then shall the Lord go forth and fight against the nations when he fought in the day of battle. And we just read in Revelation, the 19th chapter, the power that he brings, the beauty that he's going to bring, and the, the power to, to rack judgment on anyone that, that stands against him. Then shall the Lord go forth and fight as he, those nations as when he fought on the day of battle. And his feet shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives, which is before Jerusalem on the east, and the Mount of Olives shall cleave in the midst thereof towards the east and towards the west, and there shall be a great valley, and half of the mountain shall remove towards the north, half towards the south, and you shall, and you shall flee to the valley of the mountains, for the valley of the mountains shall reach to Azel. Yea, you shall flee like as you fled from before the earthquake in the days of Uzziah, king of Judah, and the Lord your, my God shall come and all the saints with you. It's interesting. This is this this putting his feet on the ground is going to create this huge, gigantic earthquake. And the only reference we have is the earthquake of Uzziah, which must have been a huge earthquake during the days of Uzziah, the king of Judah. And so consequently, this is going to, to flush out that area, clean it off, so that Jesus Christ can come and set that kingdom up on this earth. He says in that day, come to pass in that day, that the light shall not be clear nor dark, but it shall be one day which shall be known to the Lord, not day nor night, but it shall come to pass that the evening time it shall be light. Well, the brilliance and the brightness of Christ and will come to this earth, and it will shine 
throughout all of Jerusalem. And it may shine through all. The, you know, they may see that brightness and that brilliance throughout. And it shall be in that day that living waters shall go out from Jerusalem, half of them towards the former sea, half of them towards the hinder sea, in summer and winter shall, be, shall it be. Why is that? Why these healing waters? Well, the water is going to be polluted after all of what one, man, has done to the waters, but two, what God has done in polluting, in, in righteousness, in polluting them, and the healing waters will now go out, and they will spread out throughout the world and heal and begin the healing process. It'll be a horrible time, but it'll also be a, a, a wonderful time because as soon as Christ comes to this earth, there will be a healing process that will take place. The Lord shall be king over all the earth. In that day there shall be one Lord and his name one. All the land shall be turned as a plain of Geba to Ramon south of Jerusalem and it shall be lifted up and inhabited in her place from Benjamin's gate to the place of the first gate to the corner gate and from the tower of uh, Hananiel to the king's wine presses. And men shall dwell in it and there shall be no more utter destruction but Jerusalem shall be safely inhabited. And this shall be the plague wherewith the Lord will smite all the people that have fought against Jerusalem. Their flesh shall consume away while they stand upon their feet, and their eyes shall consume away in their holes, and their tongues shall consume away in their mouth. And it shall come to pass in that day that a great tumult from the Lord shall be among them, and they shall lay hold every one on his hand of his neighbor, and his hand shall rise up against the hand of his neighbor. And Judah also shall fight at Jerusalem, and the wealth of all the heathen round about shall be gathered together, gold and silver and apparel, great abundance, and so shall be the plague of the horses and the mules and the camels and the asses and all of the beasts that shall be in, in these tents at this plague. And it shall come to pass that every one that is left of all the nations which came up against Jerusalem shall, go, shall even go up year after year to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, and to keep what? The feast of tabernacles. Any minister that reads this should be able to understand that at the end, what are we going to be doing? We're going to be celebrating the feast of tabernacles. Every year it says, <laughs> it's hard to miss, Year to year to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, and to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. It's hard to miss those words. And I see, I, it's, they've got to be you know, just ignoring the word of God and all of this. And I'm sure they probably read Zechariah. But this is so plain. The Feast of Tabernacles will be kept. And today, we are keeping it. We are observing it. We are desiring its fulfillment. We want to see Christ come back. And especially as we see the end approaching and we see the, the trials and the tribulations in the world and things beginning to turn, we begin to pray more and more, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
And it shall be that whoso will not come up of all the families of the earth to Jerusalem to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, even upon them shall be no rain. There's two things to learn here. First of all, not all nations are going to die in, in the tribulation. There is going to be nations left. In fact, it talks about Egypt and Assyria and different, different nations that are going to be left, that are going to, to survive through all that's going to happen on the earth. And, but they're going to be required to come up. And if they do not, there will be a plague, no rain, something that will get their attention. And he says, if the family of Egypt go not up, come not, that have no rain, uh, there shall be the plague wherewith the Lord will smite the heathen that come not to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. The words in this book are so important that he says that if they don't come up, they won't get any rain. So how important do you think the Feast of Tabernacles is to God? How important do you think this particular time is to God? This set aside, this Moab, this special time is so important to God that he's going to make the nations come up and to worship. The Lord will smite the heathen that come not up to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. And you can read the rest of that. There's not very many verses. I want to go to Isaiah, the second chapter, because Isaiah, the second chapter, I've always, I've written, in the, and this is another one of the, along with 1 Corinthians 15, these three, these four verses here are so profound and so important that Isaiah, I call them the theocratic kingdom, the setup of the theocratic kingdom. In verse 2 it says, and we've already talked about Christ returning into Jerusalem, feet standing there, but there's got to be more because you don't just come and nothing happens. There is. There's going to be so much that's going to be happening. This world-ruling kingdom, I hate to call it a government. We have governments. This is a kingdom. This has, this has a king. This has uh, rules and regulations and powerful things that, that will help people, help young people, help all people to come and to understand God's way. And it says, it shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountain. So uh, mountain in the Bible means go, uh, the, uh, the kingdoms. And so they're going to be uh, uh, God's ga uh, government, his kingdom, but they're going to be other kingdoms, larger kingdoms, larger governments. And there shall be exalted above the hills. So smaller kingdoms, smaller in, uh, kingdoms that will be available. And all nations shall flow to it. So he will, he will demand, especially at the Feast of Tabernacles, he will demand that they come. And if they don't come, they don't get any rain. And the reason why is he wants them to see. He wants them to see this kingdom. He wants them to see how God is reaching out. 
with love, with power, with results. Many people shall go and say, Come you and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, and he will teach us of his ways, and we will walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. So this truth will spread out from Jerusalem and spread throughout. And so those that are doing the pilgrimage to Jerusalem will learn. And if there's some that can't, they will take that back and they will bring that truth back to whoever they are. And it will be talked about and it will be uh, expounded and understood and loved. And people will want to understand deeply what God is doing on the earth. He shall judge among the nations and shall rebuke many people. They shall beat their swords into plowshares, their spears into pruning hooks, and nations shall not lift up sword against that nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. And so, as we have said, we won't need, we won't need any kind of weapons or anything because God is going to take away all of that. He's going to put it into uh, implements to plow with, to garden with, your, your garden shovel, your garden, uh, little garden hoe, and all of that. All of those weapons will be turned into peaceful things, things that will cause the earth to prosper again. And after if you saw that little paper, there will be a lot of people who will be hurting in that time. There will be a lot of people that will be hurting. And they will need us because we'll be in the kingdom. They'll need us to help them through that hurt. And a lot of them may be traumatized. If they live through some of this stuff, they will be traumatized. And they will need the comfort of the Spirit reaching out. And we'll be able to heal. We'll be able to touch them. We'll be able to, to embrace them. We'll be able to love them. We'll be able to bring them along. Just like the Bible is talking about doing that now. But I'm hoping we will have even more abilities, more empathy, more of, of the Spirit that will be able to touch these people because we're going to be priest in that kingdom. So our responsibility is going to be like the priesthood, which was to teach and to heal, and to reach out, and to do what they could do for the people of God. And that's what we're going to be doing in the kingdom. In chapter 11, one of the interesting things, we see Jesus, this stem of Jesse and a branch that shall grow out of the roots. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest on him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. So while he was on the earth, these were the things that he gained. His, his character was all of these. He had the Spirit of wisdom, the understanding, the counsel, the, the might, the spirit of knowledge, and he feared, he reverenced his father. He should make him of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord. 
and shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, neither reprove after the hearing of his ears. Remember what Jesus said. Remember what he said. That everything that I say, my Father has told me. And that's what I'm repeating to you. Everything, my Father, and we are one. And we are bringing this message to you. And He loves you and I love you. And He died for us. But with righteousness He shall judge the poor and reprove with equity for the meek of the earth. And He shall smite the earth with the rod of His mouth. Now He is the King and Lord. And He will have that responsibility. He shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth. And with the breath of his lips he shall slay the wicked. And the righteousness shall be the girdle of his loins. And faithfulness the girdle of his reins. And we see a beautiful place. The wolf shall dwell with the lamb. And the leopard shall lie down with the kid. And the calf and the young lion and the fatling together. And the little child shall lead them. And the cow and the bear shall feed. The young ones shall lie down together. Then the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The suckling child shall play on the hole of the asp, and the weaned child shall put his hand on the cockatrice's den. There will be so much peace in the kingdom, so much peace, that we won't have to worry about our children's uh, safety, because some of that is going to be taken away so that we will have a, a peaceful, wonderful society to live in. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain. For the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters that cover the sea. So how does that happen? Does it happen overnight? Does this happen overnight? Of course not. These things have to, it will take some time. Just like I said, they'll have to come up every year at the Feast of Tabernacles. Just like we do. We, we learn. We sit and we learn from those that bring us this word. And that's what the rest of the world will be doing. And they will take, if, if not everyone is able to go up, they'll take that message back. And they'll teach them, just like we'll go back and we'll have Sabbath services every week on the Sabbath. As Ian pointed out, there'll be those local churches which you go every seventh day, on the Sabbath, and learn about Christ, and learn what he is doing, and learn what's going on in Jerusalem. And maybe we'll be able to pop up occasionally into one of those churches, and we'll be able to preach the message a lot more dynamically than we can today. Wow, wouldn't that be exciting to be a spirit being in the kingdom of God, and all of a sudden, here's this little congregation, and they're worshiping God, and all of a sudden, you pop in there and said, wow, now I can preach to you to worship the King, the Lord, Jesus Christ, and to be powerful in that message. And I'm not talking about just this men. I'm talking about you ladies and everyone in here who are going to be spirit beings. You're going to be able to teach and reach out. It says that in the kingdom there won't be the male and female. We'll all be spirit beings and we'll all be able to reach out to God's creation. We'll be able to help and to heal and do what we can in that creation. It'll be a beautiful and wonderful time. 
For the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters that cover the sea. And in that day there shall be a root of Jesse, which shall stand for an ensign. That's a, that's a kind of a rallying flag. We know what ensigns are. They, those are the flags. We have a United States flag. So this is an ensign of the people, and it shall stand, uh, and it uh, shall the Gentiles seek, and his rest shall be glorious. And it shall come to pass in that day that the Lord shall set his hand again the second time to recover the remnant of his people, which shall he left from Assyria, from Egypt, from Pathros, from Cush, and from Elam, and from Shinar, and from Hamath, and from the islands of the sea. And he shall set up an ensign for the nations, and shall assemble the outcasts of Israel, and gather together the, dis, um, the dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth. The envy also of Ephraim shall depart, and the adversaries of Judah shall be cut off. Ephraim shall not envy Judah, and Judah shall not vex Ephraim. So in other words, the north and the south shall be come back together. And, but they shall fly up on the shoulders of the Philistines toward the west. They shall spoil them from the east together. And they shall lay their hand upon Edom and Moab, and the children of Ammon and shall obey them. And the Lord shall utterly destroy the tongue of the Egyptian sea. And with his mighty wind shall he shake his hand over the river and shall smite the seven streams and make men to go over dry shod. And there shall be a highway for the remnant of his people, which shall be left from Assyria, like as it was in Israel in the day that he came up out of the land of Egypt. I used to just stop right there. I don't know how many of you have stopped at reading chapter 11 and, and not going on to chapter 12. But this is one of the most beautiful six verses that comes right afterwards and is one of the most profound verses in the Bible. And in that day you shall say, O Lord, I will praise you. Though you were angry with me, your anger is turned away and you comforted me. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He also has become my salvation. And if you look up that word salvation, it's Yeshua, Yahshua, Jesus. Both places. Therefore, with joy, shall you draw waters out of the well of salvation. And in that day shall you say, Praise the Lord, call upon his name, declare his doings among the people, make mention that his name is exalted. Don't you know that it's going to spread throughout all of the world? You know, as we tried to preach this word, sometimes it's like preaching against a wall, isn't it? Especially if you start talking about the Sabbath and the holy days. They turn you off, and especially those that, that have been steeped in Sunday and all of the other, the, they seem to turn us off. And yet, in, in, in the words that are in this book, he talks about his days and the restoration of all things and the beginning of a new era, a new kingdom in which we will worship God because he will be here on the earth. And we'll be able to learn directly from him. And we will also reach out and teach.
Declare his doings among the people. Make mention of his name as exalted. Sing to the Lord, for he has done excellent things. This is known in all the earth. Cry out and shout. Cry out and shout, you inhabitant of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel in the midst of you. We have a period of time and when we're in the kingdom in which we will be deeply involved in what God wants us to do. We find that in Revelation, the 20th chapter, as I finish up here. Revelation 20 and verse 4. I saw thrones. I saw thrones, says John. Thrones, brethren. You know what a throne is, don't you? That's where you're crowned. And that's where you have government responsibility or kingdom responsibility. I saw thrones and they that sat upon them and judgment was given to them and I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God which had not worshipped the beast neither his image neither had they received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years but the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished this is the first resurrection we are part if we hold fast if we accept God's word if we're here if we keep God's holy days if we worship God we are the first resurrection we will be there we will come with Christ we will do all that the Bible says and we will be involved in the history that will be changing the whole world and I think it's so fascinating whenever we read and we see where God includes us and how he loves us and how he wants us to be a part of his overall things that he's doing and how we will serve Jesus Christ as, as priests and kings in that day and so I had I have a, a, another message coming up so I want you all me too we all in this day and age we all need to sharpen our swords and polish our shields.